thanks very much for listening to this week's Tech Law 10. I'm Jonathan Armstrong. I'm in the sweltering United Kingdom. With me is Eric Sinrod, who's in California. And, Eric, we're struggling in the U.K. heat wave at the moment, so I'm hoping that you've got a really cool topic. <laughs> well, I have a topic anyway. I wish it were uh, probably more pleasant here in, uh, in California as well. In Northern California, we now have the largest wildfire in state history. So wow. global warming, uh, climate change, I don't know, but that's not actually the topic for today. Um, today we're going to be talking about none other than privacy. That's a topic we've come back to uh, time and again because it is so important. And as I often say, you know, privacy is like oxygen, Jonathan. It generally isn't noticed by a consumer until it's gone. Um, and California lawmakers, however, are quite aware of privacy and have recently passed arguably the most strict privacy law in the United States. So I'm now going to tell you about that. Um, and the law is not entirely clear. The legislation itself is actually uh, quite lengthy and in some places a little bit convoluted. So let me do my best. So at the end of June, uh, the California Consumer Privacy Act of 2018, which I'll refer to here as the Act, was signed into law by Governor Jerry Brown uh, after it had been approved on a unanimous basis by the California State Assembly and the California Senate. So unanimous support. Um, now, I should point out that the Act does not become operative until 2020, so we have about a year and a half to go. But when it does go into effect, it really does pack a potential punch. Um, indeed, the Act will provide great control to consumers with respect to their own personal data. For example, Jonathan, the Act will allow consumers to find out specific personal information that online companies are collecting about them, why that information is being collected, and with who else they are sharing the information, with who else the companies are sharing the information. In addition, consumers will be able to prevent online companies from selling their personal data. Uh, moreover, uh, online companies will not be able to collect data on children under the age of 16 uh, unless the children specifically opt into such collection. And while the Act represents a major effort to protect consumer online privacy, still some privacy advocates have lingering concerns over specific issues. For instance, while a company under the Act will not be able to sell personal data if a consumer rejects that practice, a company still will, excuse me, will still be able to share, whatever that means, data under certain circumstances. And I know that sounds a little bit vague. Um, privacy advocates believe that such sharing could undermine privacy. Also, the Act will not prevent companies from charging more with respect to consumers who bar the selling of their personal data. So think about that. So privacy advocates do not like the notion that consumers should have to pay more money for greater privacy. Is that something they really should have to pay for? Um, despite these concerns, the Act does move California in the direction of much greater privacy protection. And this is where you'll be chiming in, I'm sure. While the Act is not as robust as the general data protection requirements, GDPR, of the European Union, California at least has tried to make efforts to lead the U.S. in safeguarding consumer privacy. 
Now, this, of course, was a gross distillation, crystallization of the California Act, but at least I wanted to get it across so we could have a little bit of discussion in our Tech Law 10. So, Jonathan, what do you think? I, I think it does sound very interesting. Um, the G GDPR is obviously still a front and center in our minds over here in Europe, and there have been a lot of complaints since GDPR came in on May 25th. Um, the UK Information Commissioner, for example, had uh, over 1,100 complaints in the first 24 days, so that averages out about 50 a day, uh, even mm. if you uh, count weekends. And, and you, you know, the numbers are similarly high in other EU jurisdictions. Ireland's had just under 750 in the first two months or so. Czech Republic, 650 in less than a month. Netherlands, 600 in the first two weeks. So um, I, I think n not only is the fact that California is introducing more legislation probably relevant, but also the fact that, um, I, I guess, um, Californians, particularly with the assistance of class action lawyers, are probably more likely to exercise any rights than they're, uh, than they're given than, than has traditionally been the case in the EU. I think that's changing. You know, the numbers that I, I, I just gave you probably illustrate the fact that people in the EU are complaining more. But um, this isn't meant to be a rude thing, but the U.S. has often been the home of people who complain or the natural home <laughs> of people who complain. And, <laughs> and certainly the natural home of people prone to mass litigation. Mm -hmm. and, and, mm -hmm. and in some respects, it's that coupled with what you might call getting with the GDPR program that, that, that means to me that this is likely to be fairly groundbreaking in terms of, of privacy and privacy complaints and privacy civil enforcement actions, which obviously haven't yet taken off in the first uh, two, week, uh, two months or so of GDPR. Yeah, and you know what's significant? You might, one might say from the outside, well, gosh, it's only California. But when we're advising clients, companies in particular, in terms of how they should you know, handle privacy, oftentimes we say, well, you need to make sure that you adhere to the requirements of the state that has the most strict laws. Because if you can comply with, for example, California on privacy, if California is the most strict, then you're going to be good to go in the other states. At one point, long ago and far away, when spam was a big issue, I used to tell companies to comply with the law of Delaware because at that particular time, Delaware had the most strict uh, anti-spam laws. There was a time we pointed to Massachusetts in terms of data breach notification laws because if you're an online company, likely, at least here in the U.S., you're doing business in every single state, and you might as well bring your practices you know, up to snuff uh, so you can comply with the, you know, the, the strongest laws that are out there in terms of the U.S. being a country of complainers, uh, I don't know where to go with that other than to say we are a, a litigious society. There's no doubt about it. When people feel they've been, they've been wronged, uh, lawsuits are not uncommon. Uh, but we do inherit our – we did inherit our jurisprudence system from uh, good old England, Anglo-Saxon <laughs> jurisprudence. So – 
We're just an evolution. We're trading you aggressive privacy laws for class action litigation. Yeah, exactly. There you go. All righty. Well, is there anything more you want to comment on here, Jonathan? What do you think of the notion of having to pay potentially more money uh, as a consumer to gain greater privacy control? You like it? You don't like it? I I just think all of those areas get get really complex. I mean, it seems to me that we we often um, I, I know when I did submissions for what is now GDPR, I thought it was useful in the submissions we did to look back. Even I think in at that time, from memory, we took a snapshot of how the internet was six years before the GDPR Mm -hmm. proposals first came out. And we often forget uh, these days how much we've we've gone in the last, you know, even 10 years or so. I guess I I might have my dates not exactly precise, but let's say say 12, 15 years ago, certainly, we were paying to access emails. We weren't getting the rich content that we were um, now uh, online. We didn't have TVs that could connect us up to YouTube so we could watch stuff. We were paying, um, we were paying a provider uh, for a slow dial-up connection, even just to read the most basic of, of content. And the, the difficulty is, of course, that that is paid for by advertising. And, and one of the problems that I think we're seeing already in some places is uh, if advertising isn't the fuel to make it all work, then we are in, uh, you know, we do have different challenges. And I'm not saying that should be a free-for-all, and I'm not saying it shouldn't be disclosed off, and maybe there is some differential pricing model, which I know some people have tried in all sorts of different mediums, you know, Amstrad, for example, have tried a, a, a way of, you know, you can get phone calls together together with adverts if you want to do that, or you can get telephone-free, uh, com- advert-free communication for an extra cost, et cetera, et cetera. And my worry about all of this is always clarity. Sometimes mm-hmm. we're not being clear as to, uh, uh, as to what the proposition is for users. And, uh, and that's one of the things where GDPR... I think has made a bit of a, a a bit of a difference. The law itself hasn't changed. What's called Principle One of GDPR is almost exactly the same as as most pre-GDPR legislation across the EU. But that added penalty, that added jeopardy, if people aren't transparent, I think has led to some at least changing their ways. And, and if we take away that that clarity, if that's the proposal in in California, then then I think that's worrying. But I may have misunderstood what 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 they're proposing, and and I guess as everything will will get more clarity, will we when the courts start to rule on this stuff? I think there will be litigation. Yes, I do. Um, you know, the law will go into effect in 2020. Um, I do not think it is crystal clear, um, and so I imagine the law will be tested uh, undoubtedly, as we've seen in other areas of, of privacy law. Good comments, Jonathan. Thank you. This has been your weekly Tech Law 10. I hope things uh, simmer down over there so they're not so hot. I hope the California wildfires are extinguished. And wishing all of you the best until our next 
topic, our next podcast, please feel free to keep, keep submitting topics to us. Um, I'm Eric Sinrod at Dwayne Morris, EJ Sinrod at DwayneMorris.com. You can find us at the usual social media outlets. Jonathan, why don't you wrap it up? Yeah, uh, Jonathan.Armstrong at CaudryCompliance.com. Um, uh, yeah, we hope that next time it's only hot topics we're talking about. Mm. And, um, and we'll speak to you again in, in a week or so. Thanks for listening. Cheers. 